0: Welcome back to another episode of the Turn 2 Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner. We've got Treasure and Justin here. What's up? We've got a kind of a funny start. I'm just going (laughs) to jump into this one. I know I say that all the time, but this story happened just a few days ago. I'm just going to read this story from SB Nation. Yankees 84-year-old announcer drilled by foul ball to the face but didn't miss a beat. We've got some audio here, too. I'm going to play it shortly. But John Sterling is a legend among broadcasters in the MLB. Sterling has been calling Yankees games since 1989, and he's still growing strong at 84. Wow. Yeah. One would think that Sterling has seen it all after covering this live sport for five decades, but baseball has a way of always finding something new to give us. On Saturday, against the Boston Red Sox, Sterling became the story of the game for showing some grit and resilience in the press box. As New York was closing out a 3-1 victory in the ninth inning, Sterling was hit in the face with a foul ball. The ball made a loud thump as it entered the press box, and Sterling could be heard yelling, Ow! Ow! <laughs> Before saying the ball hit him. Still, Sterling shook it off and made it to the final out to call another Yankees win. I'm going to play this. I will laugh, but it's not... It's, it's just... I just have to laugh. I'm sorry.
1: Now the... swung on, a pop foul back here. Ow! Ow! (laughs) Ow! It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. So once
0: again, it'll be a 3-2. It doesn't miss a beat.
1: (laughs) And once again,
0: it'll be a 3-2. I
1: just love the. It really hit me. (laughs) Yeah,
0: the ball came off of Justin Turner's bat in the ninth inning. It was the last out of the game. It's probably
1: good that it was in the ninth inning because... It might have been hurting him, and he might not have made it through the whole thing. Yeah, it
0: yeah. it does wrap up a little bit nice though, because Justin Turner, as I said, was the one that hit the ball. Um, he signed the signed a ball, actually signed the ball that hit John, <laughs> and said to John, "No matter where you sit at a ball game, you're never safe." <laughs> we put a bandaid on the ball. Uh, he
1: put a bandaid on the
0: ball. Yeah, and he is wearing he's wearing a bandaid. He's Aww. okay though. Um, But at the end of the game, he did the famous chant of the Yankees win. I don't ever want to do that again, though. What a trooper. What a trooper. John Sterling hit in the face. Keeps doing his job.
2: It's crazy. 84 years old. And has he ever gotten hit before? Or (laughs) is this the first?
0: I don't think so. I have never heard of any other announcers getting hit. It's probably happened, but not.
2: I feel
1: like I've heard of it at least going in the press box. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but not like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. their head. But
0: not, In ow. The head. <laughs> ow. <laughs>
1: Knocked the glasses off.
0: It did bounce before it hit him. It bounced on the desk and then hit him. So it didn't just straight up.
1: Oh, well, that makes it a little bit
0: bad. Yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> the poor man's 84. I'm not going to laugh at him if he got hit st- straight off the dome. <laughs> true. true. I and mean, He kind of did, but it bounced first. So it, it makes it a little bit better. So yeah. don't yeah. judge us too bad if we're laughing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, yeah, that's a crazy story. Avoided injury, which is good. But what I want to talk about is a player who unfortunately hasn't been able to avoid injuries the past couple of seasons. Uh, Steven Strasburg for the Washington Nationals was in the news this week, mainly because he got some pretty disappointing news that he basically has been shut down from all baseball activity. Um, He's been dealing with a lot of nerve damage, and they were saying that this was severe nerve damage. Well, really since 2020, I mean, he's dealt with a whole bunch of different issues, but this is the kind of the most dark one I would say he's gotten. Yeah. Right now there's definitely a uncertainty of his future.
0: Yeah. I mean, you see guys like get Tommy John, you're like, okay, I'll be back in 14, 16 months. Some guys get a little bit back, but this was a very gloomy outcome here. I don't really know what's going to go <laughs> on, but it was not looking so hot.
2: And I mean, a once promising prospect, all eyes was on him during his debut. Um, I remember all the hype around him and he's kind of lived up to that in some moments. But then I end up looking back at us, what he's done so far. The guy, even before this recent injury, he's been dealing with a lot of injuries. So, I mean, if you want to go back in his career. So it was the fall league. He just got drafted. His first start. October 16th, 2009. At the end of this league, they do have an all-star kind of game. He had to back out with that with a neck injury. And then that was pretty much the string or pattern of, of his career, really, mm-hmm. up to this point. You know, he is able to pitch for a while. You know, he's had Tommy John. He's had neck issues, rib injuries, all sorts of these different, not really that common injuries that I know of. Yeah, you don't hear
0: a lot of those. You usually hear something in the elbow or the shoulder, or the rotator cuff.
2: His career kind of came to a point in 2019. You know, he was able to actually stay healthy the entire season, pitch pretty well, and then was able to win the World Series, won the World Series MVP in 2019. And ever since then, it's just been countless injuries. Yeah. Uh, he played in two games in 2020, five games in 2021, only one game in 2022. <laughs> and now 2023 he's shut down for the year without even making an appearance yeah Um, he's had different surgeries at one point i saw that he had a surgery to remove two muscles in his neck and to remove a rib
0: goodness gracious
2: and they were like you know i think it was his past off season they were asking like hey man how's your progress and he's like i can't even stand up without my arm going numb oh so like he's having some serious issues i mean He did just sign a pretty massive deal at the end of 2019. Yeah, it was a seven-year, $245 million contract in December 2019. Since then, I mean, he's got, what, seven, eight games since then. That's a pretty uh, expensive
0: eight games. (laughs) It is.
2: His uh, earnings by start is (laughs) is, is through the roof. Multi-millionaire. Yes. So, I mean, he's already got the money. He's got a lot of life left on that contract. But, I mean, after just researching, like, what this guy's gone through, I was like, you don't need to prove anything more. No. I yeah, think like you should at, just-
1: at what point is, you know, what you're trying to do, like, making your quality of life that much worse? He can't even, like, lift his arm. No. Yeah.
0: yeah. Do you, yeah think, uh, you think he's going to hang it up?
2: I think so. I mean, this is, if it was one year that, or, like, one or two years that he's missing, but, I mean, this is since 2020 and i mean he missed 2020 and it wasn't because of covid yeah. it was all because of different yeah. other various health issues and so, then i mean even before that he was missing starts here and there due to nerve issues it's not going to go away it hasn't gone away at this point i don't even know whether the surgery i'm sure he's done every single surgery you can possibly imagine just at some point he's got to be like you know
0: yeah well your quality of life it for me. yeah I mean, be a part of the team, be a pitching coach, do something. But man, that's quality of life is very important.
1: What's the, what's this last thing that took him out for the season?
2: Um, So, I mean, the most recent one, it's the nerve in his shoulder, which I did look at it. It's thoracic outlet syndrome, um, which is the compression of the nerves, arteries or veins, Mm -hmm. basically from the passageway from the lower neck to the armpit. So, I mean, he's been having neck issues So, it could be stemming from there, and it's just impacting his whole arm. He can't get enough blood to his fingers, that's why he's going numb. Goodness. It has happened to other pitchers before. It is pretty rare. You know, it's not as common as like the Tommy John or other various elbow issues. Mm -hmm. This is more of a shoulder issue. There was a Houston Astros pitcher, J.R. Richard, in July of 1980. He actually collapsed while playing a game of catch because the artery was. Almost completely blocked. Oh uh, he ended up goodness. having like a stroke. They were able to actually get him healthy, get him back, but he never pitched again. Oh. And the really interesting thing is when I was looking at Stevens' debut, he was the first pitcher to strike out at least 11 batters without issuing a walk and was one strikeout away from the most strikeouts in a debut that was held by Carl Spooner and J.R. Richard.
0: Oh, so Joel. the same guy who had
2: the same sort of issues. Oh, man. He named Kind of incredible debut as well. I just found that interesting, but it was probably just random oh, odds. If, but
0: what if it was just an incredible debut and then just this like partially the same tragic ending, not the stroke part, but I mean you know you I Steven he has to have looked that up. How many other pitchers have come back from this oh, yeah. and seen that story?
2: I mean, there's other names as well that's had various different types of it. I think the most recent one that has come back from it, you know, Chris Archer has dealt with this in the past. Oh, really? Chris Young was another pitcher that he actually had this kind of condition and was able to actually return and actually pitch five, six years out of it. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I mean, it is possible he can come back. He can still pitch for a couple years. But (sighs) from what I've seen, those guys didn't have it to the level that Stephen had it yeah, or has it. Yeah, this
0: is like the cherry on top of everything else, and Archer may have gotten hurt. I don't remember if Archer had Tommy John, but if he dealt with that and that's the only thing you deal with, okay, you're going to try to push, but if it's everything, you you remove a rib. <laughs> like, Yeah, that, that's,
1: that's some intense surgery there.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then you go into this yeah. and you can't feel your shoulder waking up. That's got to be terrible for just daily life.
2: Yeah, and I mean, if this is... The end, I mean, he ends with 113 wins, 62 losses, a 3.24 ERA. Not bad. And that's not uh, bad at all. 1,723 strikeouts, uh, 1.110 or 1.0 whip. It's three time All Star 2019 World Series winner and MVP. He even won a Silver Slugger. He batted, <laughs> um, I think it was 2010. No, 2011. It was his second year. I think he batted like 277 that year. Wow. <laughs> which he didn't have that many at bats because he was also injured during the year, but (laughs) it was still pretty impressive. Wow. things considered, uh, I'm sorry. It was 2012. Uh, he bad 277, one home run, seven RBIs and was able to get a silver slugger. So he's done more than enough to prove to everybody, you know, he's got nothing left to, to really prove, uh, sure, but I'm sure he wants to get back out there. He, you know, he's got a lot of money,
0: yeah, I wonder what happens with that contract then. There's got to be some kind of written in there, you know, medical stuff, but I don't know. Maybe they didn't. And you can see they're riding the high of winning the World Series and they're just like, "Hey, here's some money, man."
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean, that money could have gone to Bryce Harper, oh. Anthony Rizzo, yeah. Juan Soto. Juan Soto,
0: yes. That team was but so Trey Turner.
2: Trey Turner? Yeah. <laughs> that team I mean, was disgusting. A lot of guys you could have invested in Oh man. And yet they invested in the guy and he's only played in eight eight games yeah. since then. So,
0: I think to to defend them a little bit though. I, if if I had to pick some, I mean, obviously there's an upper echelon tier of like Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts. If I don't have those guys, like those top top caliber guys and it's just someone who's pretty good, I'd think I'd rather go for a very solid pitcher that you knew was going to, you know, kind of give you that Every fifth start, every time you were there, you're going to get hopefully a very good chance to win. so I mean, but he was injury prone too, so you have to look at that too.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to look back and I mean, no, even in 2018, he had injuries. so I mean, 2019 it's kind of an outlier when you look at the whole picture. So I mean, it's a lot of money to invest into a guy that you don't really know how many starts you're getting. Yeah. Per year.
0: That's how I feel about Chris Sale with uh, the Red Sox now. I mean, but he has, yeah. he's proved a lot. He's a very good pitcher, but he just, I don't know if they're on the same caliber where i say it's coming to an end, but, you know, it's just, it's not the same pitcher. And, and even if Strasburg comes back, what type of pitcher is he going to be? You have no idea. He yeah. Could, he could, I mean,
2: he was throwing like 99, fast uh, yeah, you know, goals at one point. I can't imagine. The next time we see him, if we ever do see him back on a mound, it's anywhere close to that. Yeah, I think if he would have
0: stayed healthy through his career, he definitely could have made it, been a Hall of Famer. But I just don't—I don't know how you look at that, those numbers and everything. And credit to him, he's a phenomenal pitcher. But you have to be on the field to get yourself in the Hall of Fame.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think he falls short. Yeah, but unfortunately, I mean, I think you could make an argument for the, like the Nationals. I don't know if they do like a their own Hall of Fame or like Ring of Honor. Yeah for sure you know in that realm but as the league in a, a whole you know there's more guys who have done what he's done for more games for a longer period yeah <clears throat> without having all these kind of lost seasons
0: that's crazy that's wild hopefully he gets back on the field and gets healthy but yeah.
1: well going along with some uh things that have happened this week i saw a couple of a couple of stories that i well, got a little passionate about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, let's hear it.
1: Um, <laughs> so there was two examples of this happening. The first one was with Marcel Ozuna, who is a DH for the Atlanta Braves. They were playing the Arizona Diamondbacks, and they were in the fourth inning, and they were winning. That is important in this story. He, uh, Ozuna, smashed a ball into center field, and he stood at home plate because he thought it was a home run, mm. and it ended up. That he hit a four hundred and fifteen foot single. <laughs> 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 he, uh, the ball hit just below the home run line on the wall, and then he started to run to first.
0: After S- it hit the wall. Yes. Oh my goodness.
1: I mean, it was it was pretty close, but uh, so he thought it was going out the whole time, uh, and then he was taken out of the game by his manager Brian Snitker, um, in the sixth yeah. inning for quote unquote. Lack of hustle.
0: Mm. (laughs) Why are you passionate about that?
1: Okay, well, let me tell you the other one first. Okay. Alex Verdugo, outfielder for the Boston Red Sox. They were playing the Cleveland Guardians, and they were behind 5-2. to So he was on first base, and there was two outs. Yoshida hit a little chopper in the infield, uh, and it pulled the first baseman forward so that making a play at first was impossible. Oh, no. But he was able to um, throw it over to the shortstop Ahmed Rosario at second base and got Verdugo out because he was just having a leisurely stroll down the baseline.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. His time.
1: Yeah. And <coughs> so then that happened uh, more. I think it was the eighth inning. I could be wrong. It was more towards the end of the game. But So he had to sit out the first couple innings in the next game.
0: Really? Good yeah. for you, Cora.
1: So – Yeah, and that's like I'm I'm glad that their managers took them out. Yeah. To like, well, one to punish them, because I mean you're a professional baseball player, do your job. (laughs) Yeah. And two to make an example of like, hey, this is not how we play. I mean, okay, so this is why I'm a little passionate about it is because (laughs) I didn't play a lot. I was not. A good baseball player. Oh, come on, up you could <laughs> lie and say you're the kid. best. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, played out in right field.
0: <laughs> you were the right field kid. Uh, yeah,
1: like picking the grass, <laughs> hoping the ball didn't get hit to me. That was me. But what were we taught growing up? Hustle, hustle, hustle. Like yeah. no matter what, yeah. and you get that yeah. that pop fly with two outs, you run. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it just goes back to the fundamentals of baseball. Like mm-hmm. this is something that you do. You hustle. I don't care. I don't care if you're winning, losing, how many, whatever. You get to that base. And I feel like these guys are just, I don't know if they're bored or they're just cocky. And well,
0: I think some of it could be like a two-headed thing. So we talked earlier in a different podcast about Carlos Marmal pulling Tyler O'Neill and putting him on mm-hmm. blast because he didn't hustle all the way to home. in like the fourth game of the season – I think there's there's a distinct difference to me into showing effort and just having a stroll, like you said. Yeah. Just walking over to the base. Used to see that with some of the big DH DHs like Big Poppy yeah. or Prince Fielder, they hit a ground ball. Like you're you're not breaking any 40 times, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Have a stroll. I
2: mean, it's hard to get get all that that weight <laughs> moving. <movement. laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. So there is a difference between I think showing effort. And getting after it, you know, you're Ellie De La Cruz, you know, beating out the pitcher, you know, to first base on a ball hit to the first baseman. That that is a different game there than I don't I don't necessarily care if Alex Verdugo makes the play close, but at least run. You don't have yeah, to run full speed. It was,
1: I, I watched yeah. the replay and his was more like he just assumed that Yoshida was going to get out at first. Mm. So he wasn't like getting there because he's like, oh, he's probably already getting out. That's yeah. what it looked like.
0: Yeah, at least. So the other one for the Ozuna, though, for me, I'm all for the quote unquote, let the kids play. But let me tell you something. You need to get pulled if you hit a ball and it is not absolutely crushed, like (laughs) at least 50 (laughs) feet past the, the like just a no doubter. I love the home runs whenever the balls hit and. The, the left fielder, right fielder, center fielder just doesn't move, and they just move their head, and they look yeah. straight up, and the ball is just, just way gone. Right those are okay. I'm okay with those. I'm okay with them kind of staying there, getting pumped up. I don't really care about them showing up the pitcher too much, but getting hyped with their team, that's great. That's fun. That, that, I think that brings kids along. But it better not be close. Yeah. <laughs> better not be close, because you should get pulled. You should get made fun of.
1: Yeah, it's more embarrassing for you.
0: Yeah, well, Azuna... Not to steal this one, but Ozuna has had his fair share of embarrassing moments. Do yeah. you remember left field when he played for the Cardinals? And he, yeah. <laughs> he one of uh, ball was hit deep to left field. He tries to climb the fence. He thought it was going way out. The ball died on the warning track, and he jumped off the wall and fell straight to the ground. Hit his face. The ball bounced on the thing. Hit the wall. He it's... looks like he looked like a fool. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Yeah. But uh, standing there, that's not his most embarrassing moment, but. If that was me standing there at home plate, and like, did he? Do you know if he did a bat flip?
1: I don't think so. He had to. He oh, had
0: maybe. To. I don't know. He had to. Have, I don't know. I, I feel
2: like he's just the type of guy. Fly ball. There goes the bat flip. Yeah, <laughs> it's
0: just like you just flew out to no, the shortstop.
2: <laughs> I the article.
0: That I'm sure he did. But if you're going to do something like that, you better know. I've seen plenty of them this year. Actually, speaking of the Braves, uh, this last couple of games or so they played the Mets and Ozzie Albies hit a ball that I've never seen the ball hit that far in right field I don't admittedly I don't watch too many Braves games, but it hit the chop house on the right field went over like the first row of stands and hit that and he slammed that bat and he you know did his thing and he knew it everybody knew it the announcers were up there Chipper Jones was one of the announcers John Smoltz and they were all grabbing each other oh look at this one fly (laughs) if you're not doing that and you don't know Don't do it. Come on.
2: Yeah. I mean, the only thing I could think is like that Tyler O'Neill situation. You know, if you're dealing, you're, you know, you've had injuries and you just can't, I don't know, you don't want to risk it on a routine ground ball. Yeah. That makes sense to me. As far as I know, I don't think Verdugo or Azuna have any recent like hamstring or any type of injuries. I mean, Azuna was just pure. (laughs) Uh, you know, that's Osuna. I just hit the ball 500 feet, yeah, and it didn't go anywhere close to that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, For Dugo, I could see him being like, you know, it's just do I really need a sprint on a routine ground ball that's gonna be almost 90% of the time is an out. And I mean, if it wasn't out, this isn't really a conversation, yeah, that's very true. The thing is, it wasn't an out, you had an opportunity to get a guy in scoring position, keep the inning alive, and possibly win a game. And that's where the flip side of it.
0: Yeah, if you're down, just the rule of thumb, if you're down, always hustle. Yep. If you're not sure, hustle. Get to second base. But Ozuna Ozuna has that track record of doing stuff like that. And I think Verdugo <laughs> yeah. Verdugo's a little bit more like, I still think he's just a young player. I don't think maybe he's not that young, but I just look at him and I think young guy, still learning the game, yeah. still learning his groove. So, he made a mistake. I get it. That's Ozuna. I don't think you're (laughs) going to change Ozuna.
2: No, he'll be doing it again about two weeks from now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Ozuna doing bat flips. If it was gone, it would have been pretty cool. That's true. You know, bat flips, all that. And you know a team that has been kind of on paper as the new kids, the people, or I guess the team that has a lot of fun, the San Diego Padres. Yeah. However... (laughs) If you've seen them any time recent, it's a little bit harder to kind of watch them because the Bally Sports TV provider has dropped them, really, I guess, as a client or however, whatever their agreement was. Mm -hmm. So the story goes, I mean, Bally Sports is owned by Diamond Sports Group, and the past couple months, they've been dealing with a lot of questions about the future of the company, primarily because they announced that they are going bankrupt. So there are... I think I saw somewhere like $8 billion in debt. Oh Ooh. my goodness. Um, it's absolutely crazy uh, amount, but they ended up buying all these sports broadcasting rights from 21st Century Fox because Disney ended up buying up, I think that company. And then they were like, Disney, you have too much power. You already own ESPN. So they were forced to sell it oh. and sold it to this diamond sports group who took on all the the debt. And I guess they're just struggling to pay it. <laughs> so right now there's been a lot of questions on it they've made a couple of late payments I believe to the Reds and maybe the Rangers on it but this is the first one that they have not been able to fulfill any payment contract for the Padres MLB says you know what we've had enough and they removed San Diego from the Valley Sports franchise wow. and are now self-producing the games themselves I don't know why they don't do that anyway
0: I just wish that I wish MLB would just come out with a package like football, and that's where all your games mm-hmm. are. There's no blackouts. I can't I can't even watch Rays games because I'm in Tampa. You know, I have to either yeah. listen to them or catch them on the other thing. If you want people to go to your sport that are in the city, oh, put it on TV. Put it on TV in the area so we can watch. Yeah.
2: So the one just terrible thing about really the regional sports networks is the blackouts. Like you said, yeah, you can't watch your home team. Like, MLB TV is kind of pointless if you live in yeah. you know, your team's location. Well, with this, since MLB has taken over, they've removed the blockouts oh, from the San Diego awesome. Padres location. So if you live in San Diego, you would have to do with the single team option. You can't do, like, the all-inclusive oh, really? MLB TV. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think they have to do just the single team, which... Right now it's only 19.99 per month. That's not bad at all. Bally Sports actually has an app that they've been trying to test out in certain markets. So Tampa has it, so I've been trying it out. It's the same price as the Bally Sports. So oh, it's I not mean. a crazy amount. In all honesty, I think MLB has done a good job of yeah. it. And the interesting thing is so there's 14 organizations that the Bally Sports franchise owns. Well, actually now 13 because they <laughs> just dropped Padres. But it's <laughs> The Diamondbacks, Tigers, Marlins, Rays, Guardians, Royals, Cardinals, Reds, Twins, Braves, Rangers, Angels, Brewers, and used to be the Padres.
0: Okay, I I need to understand why they're not paying for the Padres, but they're going to keep someone like the Royals on?
2: Mm, (laughs) I'm glad you asked. (laughs) So, what they had just agreed to, so there was a 20-year, $1.2 billion deal with the Padres. I think it's within the last like year or two. It also was came out that the San Diego Padres have an ownership stake oh. with the Dallas Sports Group. God. So they were also making money off of the whole mm. company as a as a whole
0: Oh my goodness. And it
2: was it seems like they had a shares meeting and then they were like, you know, we're paying the Padres a lot more than any other team, I think. And you, so got, one guy, like, you, you know, got one guy you got one guy in the room going hey, it, no it's know? fine. We can we can do this. <laughs> Yeah, you got one guy being like, no, let's just keep the Padres. <laughs> and everybody's like, we're owed them like billions of dollars. <laughs> and with a company that can't even make enough money to stay afloat, they obviously were like, you know, we just got to cut the, the team that we owed the most. And like I said before, they have gotten close to losing, I think it, it was the Reds. Really? Uh, they were. They made a late payment early in May. To the Reds and they just missed the MLB cutoff. Wow! On that, so they've gotten close a couple of times. This is the first time they've actually missed it. And ever since they announced their brought or their bankruptcy, MLB is like, "Don't worry, guys. We we will take over." Yeah, they've actually wanted to take over these fourteen teams when Twenty First Century Fox was selling them. Mm-hmm. MLB made a bid to actually buy the rights for it. The whole idea was to eliminate blockouts.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: at least that's what they're saying. We want all the teams so we can, you know, create our own product. But they got outbid by mm. the Dallas Sports Group, who's now came and paid their own the teams that they yikes are now covering. There is, f- I think, four. No, sorry, five key franchises for the Valley Sports, and that's gonna be Kansas City, Detroit, Miami, Milwaukee, and Tampa Bay. Okay. The reason that they're
0: what <laughs> two of the five are good; the other ones got a Kind of boo. <laughs> well,
2: the blue. reason that they're key is because they own the direct-to-consumer rights uh, to those. So they can stream them through their app. Okay. All the other franchises, they don't have an agreement on. MLB's not giving them their rights on it. Hmm. So therefore, if, if they had to give up everything, most likely they would give up all the other teams besides Kansas City, Detroit, Miami, Milwaukee, and Tampa.
0: That's unfortunate. I was just hoping over here because, I mean, I'm... Not a Rays fan, but I'd like to watch good baseball. You know, I I can't can't even watch. I've not watched one game this year uh, for the. I've only seen highlights, and I live here.
2: It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I mean, there is hope. I mean, they're eight billion dollars in debt. That doesn't just go away (laughs) (laughs) overnight. There is hope Um, they'll fold. (laughs) You can cut. Yeah, you can cut ten. You can cut all the teams you want at some point. Still a lot of money. You're still in debt. So it's going to be interesting how this kind of goes. They, The company, the Dallas Sports Group, has come out and said, you know, we're made, we're restructuring, we're fine, we're fine. Gosh, and that was before the uh, Padres didn't uh. get any payment. So MLB has promised, at least the, the franchises that are under contract with Valley Sports, that they will cover majority, if not all of the revenue that they would have gotten from the team. So right now the team's have nothing really to lose for. If Bally goes under and will be up to this point, we'll supply them. Yeah, that's great. Give them their contract money. So they're not out on any potential revenue loss. Yeah. Um, that was out of their control, but we'll see how it goes. And I mean, this could be the first of many teams throughout the season that we see kind of mix it up a little bit and potentially have to switch over to MLB instead of the Valley Sports, which I'm sure Padres fans are saying, thank you. Yeah, for yeah. real. Thank you for taking over.
0: For real. I mean, that's a, I mean, I like what you said earlier about them, you know, being on paper. I'm gonna call them the paper boys. <laughs> Just, they're really, really good on paper, but that's about it. Yeah. But still, it's a fun team I mean, to watch. Yeah.
2: You would think, and then you actually like start watching them. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what this is. Yeah, that's true. Maybe Bally's, maybe Bally's just
0: like, <laughs> like, "What did we buy? <laughs> what is this?" T. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I I think MLB, like you said, has done a really good job with this, and they came out and said, "Hey, we know they've been late, but we'll pick it up as soon as they drop it."
2: <laughs> yeah, and I, the goal is that as soon as Bally Sports can't make any payment, they're going to st- st- uh, scoop in and take back their their franchises.
0: So speaking of the collective bargaining agreement, I have a story here about the payroll disparity um, and what that means. So essentially just the payroll difference between top teams and bottom teams. This is by Jesse Rogers, an ESPN staff writer. This year in Major League Baseball, almost all the attention has been paid to the on-field trends as a slew of historic rule changes impacted almost every aspect of the game with the pitch clock. I mean, they're even talking about robo-umps. We talked about that last one. So they're they're trying a bunch of new stuff. So the game itself has been more kind of picked through. But now MLB is turning some of its attention back to the economics of the sport. It was only 14 months ago that a brutal labor battle between the league and the MLB Players Association ended with a five-year collective bargaining agreement. Once again, the players were able to source a system without a hard salary cap, and MLB remains the only one of the four major professional North American sports without some form of payroll floor or ceiling it has been led to some dramatic differences in team payrolls and some dramatic effects on the standings as well. Just real quick, the major four in North America, basketball, football, hockey, baseball. Got it. Okay, just letting you know. (laughs) (laughs) And this year, especially, a record amount of spending in free agency pushed the difference in payroll between the top and bottom teams to new extremes. So during the 2022 season approximately $226 million separated the payrolls of the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Baltimore Orioles. $226 million. That's the largest gap in history of the sport Okay. at the time. This season, it's even larger. What is the number? Tell me the number you think it is, Trez.
1: What was the other one?
0: $226 million. That was the difference between the payroll of... Orioles um, and the Dodgers.
1: I'm going to say 231.
0: Justin, what do you think?
2: Well, I mean, I would assume it's the Oakland Athletics at the bottom <laughs> yeah. and they're not paying anybody. <laughs> so, that's probably the reason. Yeah, <laughs> what's it, the but what? I'll go uh 243. 243
0: and 2 what'd you say?
1: 231.
0: It is 299 million dollars and goodness. you did get it right. It was the Oath- Oakland Athletics and the New York Mets, yeah. which their payroll could have been even higher if they would have signed Correa, but they didn't. Uh, that's a whole different story. Continuing on, but they're not the only outliers. The A's are one of three teams with an opening day payroll under $100 million. The Mets, on the other hand, are one of 14 teams with a payroll of more than $200 million. That's crazy. Yeah, now it continues only Steve Cohen's Mets team crosses the 300 million dollar threshold <laughs> <laughs> so they are number 1 there so uh, the the A's are below 100 million dollars and the Mets are over 300 million dollars in payroll those differences could be tied to new extremes on the field as well in 2022 there were a record tying 4 100 win teams and another with 99 victories meanwhile there were 4 100 lost teams also a record and another one with 97 defeats. Those 100-win teams, so those teams that did extremely well, averaged nearly $226 million in payroll, while the 100-loss squads averaged just under $87 million. That's really weird. You pay really good players, (laughs) you win baseball games. Uh, Last year, the league created an economic reform committee made up of a select group of owners who assess and advise the commissioner on economic issues such as payroll disparity and the regional sports network collapse so kind of going back to what you were talking about mlb has often expressed concerns with the growing chasm in revenues and points to teams like this year's a's who have the lowest payroll and are on pace for one of the worst seasons in in baseball history Look out. Wow. And this Here's here's in quotations here. Look out, fans of the 1988 Cleveland Spiders. <laughs> so apparently that's the worst <laughs> team of all time. But it's not an exact science. This year, the standings aren't so clearly tied. If the playoffs were to begin today, three of the top four payrolls would be out, while three of the bottom four would still be playing. The league still insists it's worthy of attention, though. Here's a quote. Ever since I started in the game, we have struggled with the related concepts of revenue disparity and payroll disparity and competitive balance, Commissioner Rob Manfred told ESPN. The reason for that isn't about making money. It's the fact that what we sell in our game is competition, and we need to make sure that we have a system in place that fans in all markets believe they have a chance. That is huge. I'm not a huge uh, Rob Manfred fan. I don't want a salary cap. I don't necessarily want a floor. Yeah. But there, there's there got to be something there about these teams that will pay stuff. But then, but then if you're in a smaller market, how can you pay? I don't know.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think this year is kind of a different, I mean, especially for the A's. Yeah. Because their situation is completely different. It's not going to, it's not a normal circumstances, right? This is an ownership that's trying to remove itself from a city. And the fans are like, what are you doing? Like, why are you backing out? So the fans are not right. going to games. Fans are not really invested in it. They're not getting that revenue that they would have gotten from just fans coming in. Because the ownership's going like, well, I'm not going to pay for guys. And then you're know, have to pay for this new stadium over here in Vegas. <laughs>
0: yeah. And that's a whole you other know. thing in yeah. itself for the A's. So I understand. Yeah, I, I totally agree with the A's. Kind of, you should throw them out.
2: Yeah. But then you get the, you know, I'm sure Baltimore is still towards the bottom. Yeah. Tampa Bay is always in the the bottom, and those are two teams right now. If you look at it, there's one and two in the AL East. Both of them are in the playoffs, and then you got the Mets and the Padres who are just going out of their minds and spending all these money. And yet, right now, as you said, like they're out of the playoffs. So, like, if you're a small market team, you're looking at that and be like, I mean, I could, I guess, pay 300 million, like, yeah. you know, the Mets, but is that really gonna are we going to be a better spot? Yeah. Yeah. And if you're Baltimore and you're Tampa, Tampa Bay, you're going, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep winning games. They can spend as much as they want. I don't care. I'm going to keep doing my thing and because it's working.
0: For sure. And you, you nailed it. Baltimore is 29th. Their payroll is $60 million and Tampa Bay's is $73 million. So if my math and my brain is correct, Berlander and Scherzer make more than the Tampa Bay yeah. Rays do as a team. That's how They make yeah. more money than the Rays pay out in a year. I, they make even more up to Cincinnati, who is 26th uh, overall mm-hmm. in payroll, $83 million. But, I mean, the the bottom four go like this. Oakland, Baltimore, Tampa, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was doing well. They're still not completely out of it. They're still – I mean, they still got a little bit to go. But Tampa and Baltimore are on fire. And you look at the other side of it. The Mets are number 1 at $350 million. The Yankees are second with 276. San Diego's third, 248. Philadelphia's fourth, 243. LA's 5. That's your top 5. LA Dodgers, I should say, not the Angels, but the Angels are right below them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh,
2: you know, it's interesting when you read those teams off, just the different philosophies in building a team. Cuz you go towards the bottom, they they prioritize draft picks. Trading guys before their arbitration. Yeah. And then you get the teams that are the ones that are spending like crazy, they go after the big name free agents. So they're all, it's just a different philosophy of how you're operating your team. And so it's just whatever you prioritize. If you prioritize free agents, well, you're going to find yourself in the top half. Well, you should, if you're doing it correctly, you <laughs> find yourself in the top five uh, in the league of payroll. In 22,
0: you could see like teams that were restructuring with that list, but this list, I mean, you've got some decent teams down there in the bottom that are saving money and not spending as much and and investing into what they have and developing and then letting teams like the Mets and the Yankees, the Padres, Philadelphia, the Dodgers, Mm -hmm. buy them up. Yep, you can have them. It's fine. I'll just train another guy to come up. He's going to do well as well. (laughs) So, I I can't believe the differences
2: here. Where's Houston at? That's my, Houston
0: is number 10 at $192 million. Okay.
2: Yeah. Because I think it's interesting if you think about like the past couple World Series winners and where they rank. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think Houston does a great job of doing both. You know, they don't overcommit. And I think being at number 10 kind of shows that. Mm-hmm. But they also do a really good job of scouting yeah. and making trades when necessary. I agree with that. And I think you find it. You know the teams that that cut payroll well, they know when's the right time to trade guys mm-hmm. and get the most out of their value, and that way they can save money. They get cheaper, most likely they get cheaper prospects for it, and then they call up the next wave of prospects. They already have their future other prospects taking the other prospects place, and it's kind of just like this cycle. And I mean that's what the Rays have done since two thousand eight, and I mean and the, other teams they're are good at that too. Into
0: it. They're very good at that. I think out of the top 10, if I had to be an owner right now of the top 10, I would have to pick Atlanta at eight because they're at eight. They're at $203 million. It's a high payroll, but you're talking guys you've locked up for years. In Acuna, Ozzie Albies, Austin Riley, Sean Murphy just locked up. Mm -hmm. Um, First, Adam Olson. Is it Adam Olson? Yeah. Adam Olson. Uh, Matt. Matt Olson. Olson. Not Adam. I don't know who that is. Matt, Matt, Olson, uh, Matt Olson for a while so that team is going to be sitting there for a while at that payroll threshold maybe go up a little bit mm-hmm. and they're going to have those guys for a long time so big time discrepancy between the two hopefully I just want to see good baseball and I know that teams like you, you look at Baltimore two years ago that team was suffering that team was mm-hmm. just uh, oh, and kind of how we look at Oakland now Pittsburgh was kind of the same way. So some of them have been shocking in a good way. You, Baltimore had it, you know. It was kind of like, hey, when are they going to be good? Because all these prospects just need to grow. Yeah. But you know, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, those guys were kind of laughing. So like Cleveland's down there, Miami's down there. So generally speaking, you would look at them, besides a few of them, and say this is the bottom of the league. But I, as long as I see good baseball, I don't care if your payroll is cheap or not. Now, specifically as a fan, I do want to see, you know, a superstar. I do want to see someone you bring up, and that's where you as a Rays fan is nice because you can develop someone like Wander Franco. You can bring guys in that can prove themselves, Jose Siri. You can do those things yeah. that are great. The other, the back-end piece of the economics and, and bringing someone in is, is very important. I don't think teams do. That's extremely against what the Mets do. The Mets yeah. go window shopping for the most expensive person, <laughs> and – that's who they buy and it has not worked for them
2: yeah and i'll say the as a fan of a small market team that doesn't overspend the frustrating thing is just not taking a chance yeah a lot of the times there's been so many years that they have been <laughs> that's con- I mean, connections you know 2021 was probably the best race team 2010 was another great race team that lost in the first round of the playoffs and mm-hmm. like if we just went out and just spend a little bit more, got another, you know, piece to lock in. Maybe they have a couple World Series. I mean, we'll see how this upcoming wave does. (laughs) They're looking good this year, that's for sure. (laughs) But, I mean, at the end of the year, if, you know, something happens and they end up not winning the World Series, and then you go back on the year and just been like, man, if they just would have signed this one player. Yeah, maybe it could have been different, and I that think that's where the frustration kind of sets in. Is sometimes they're reluctant to spend a little bit to lock up a great team from a championship team.
0: Yeah, and and those are the teams that'll have to decide when to go. And I, I mean, if you're Tampa, you're Baltimore, you're Pittsburgh, and you're hanging around, you might as well start uh, start going. So, mm-hmm. but. I think that is going to do it here for us tonight, guys. We appreciate everyone listening. We're going to try to post that uh, John Sterling, yeah, clip. Put it up on the <laughs> socials. I'm not laughing at the man, but just his reaction was great. So we appreciate <laughs> you listening. Check us out on our socials. We post try to post every once every two weeks or so. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye.